Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today, and we have got a great show in store. Since Advent is a countdown of sorts, is it funny I'm counting down to when it gets here? Well, either way, I'm so excited for us to dive into our Advent series together, you guys. You can listen to daily Advent devotionals right here each weekday, starting on Sunday, November 27th, and then Monday through Friday after that. And you can get access to the whole experience, including beautiful video versions of the devotionals and Advent series guide book that you can download and interact with, resources for mini BFFs, and more. That's all available for you at AnnieFDowns.com slash Advent. And if you've already purchased your Advent series, your guidebook is coming your way tomorrow, you guys. So be sure to check your email or in your Advent library for that. Ah, I cannot wait, y'all. And before we dive into today's conversation, I want to tell you about one of our amazing partners, Awana's Talk About Discipleship Resource. So what I hear from so many of my friends who are parents is that raising my mini BFFs comes with its share of, please, God, don't let me blow this, moments. And sometimes talking to your kids about faith is one of those moments. But with a little help from Talk About, these family faith conversations can get easier and become a natural part of your day. Talk About is the newest family subscription from Awana, and it's designed to make it super simple for you to lead your kids through questions about God's Word and prayer, worry, and so much more. Each week, you'll get an email with everything you need to study the Bible together, or a short video to help you prep, conversation starters, tips for answering your kids' questions, and through-the-week activities to bring the fun and help them remember what they learn. Help your kids follow Jesus for life with Talk About. Try a month for free with the code TSF when you go to talkaboutdiscipleship.com. That's talkaboutdiscipleship.com, and remember the code is TSF. And today on the show, I get to talk with my friend and one of your absolute favorites, Lisa Turkhurst. You know and love her from when she was on the show before on episode 126 and episode 262. And if you haven't heard those, I would definitely recommend going back to listen to them. The links are in the show notes. But Lisa is the president of Proverbs 31 Ministries. She's an amazing author. She's written over 20 books and is someone who I love to learn from and learn with. 
her wisdom, her experience. They really meet so many of us right where we are. And that's why I wanted her to share with us today about her latest book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, Loving Others Without Losing the Best of Who You Are. It's so good and real and raw and helpful. I cannot wait for y'all to hear about it. So here's my conversation with our friend, Lisa Turkers. Lisa Turkers, welcome back to That Sounds Fun. Well, Annie, any time I get time with you oh. is the best time. Mutual. We were best literally just saying we ever. were the luckiest people to get to go see the set of The Chosen. And when I got in the van, you were the only person I knew in the van. I was like, oh, Lisa's here. We're going to have the best time. I know. It was kind of like, oh, comfort is here. Yes. You know, with all my social anxiety, <laughs> I was like, I will cling to you. We will have right. all the deep conversations. That's right. That's right. Um, have you figured out how you're going to share all that stuff that we got? We're still figuring it out. We got so much cool access. So much amazing yeah. content. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm trying yeah, yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. I'm excited about season three. I think it's going to be really, really good based on what we saw. The, how many times did you hear this? The honeymoon's over. That's uh-huh. what they said over and over, didn't they? <laughs> yes. And I think season three is going to be the best one yet. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I had never thought about after Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount, then what? I've just never thought about it. We just read it and read to the next thing, never thinking like, oh, they are going to go act on some of the things he just said. Yes. Yeah. I think that's awesome. It's going to be incredible. And we do know some inside scoop, but we have been forbidden to share. Embargoed even, some would say. <laughs> like a bomb will go off in our atmosphere have, if we do. I have never felt more scared or more important than when they said to us, "You are embargoed about talking about this." I was like, oh, "Okay, I have I never don't know been what embargoed that means, my whole life." <laughs> yeah. You've called the wrong people. I can't keep a secret. But at least we were embargoed together. That's right. That's right. If we Forever. had to talk about it, we have each other. Okay, so first we got to sing Jim Cress's praises. Always. Oh, just of all my podcast episodes ever, his that we did on Valentine's Week about singleness is by far and away the most popular. Wow. People just love him. They really do. And you know what? I kind of want to say I loved him first. You did love him first. You can totally <laughs> claim that. He was absolutely yours first. And then he was my therapist at Onsite. Oh, and my small so group good. leader therapist at Onsite workshops. But he is all in good boundaries and goodbyes. Yes, he is. That's amazing. It, was it, Jim, come and help me, and I want to learn as you're helping me with this book? Or was it, Jim, you've already taught me this. Will you come write it and share it with my readers? Jim, you've already taught me this, yeah, and I want to yeah. come and share it with my readers. But also, Jim and Dr. Joel Mutamale and mm-hmm. I do a podcast called Therapy and Theology. Yes. And so I felt like Jim has all of this insight of him so why not have him tiptoe into book writing so this is like (laughs) tiptoeing into what will hopefully one day be his own book i mean could you and i have pressured one person more than we've pressured jim kress to write a book he's drawing boundaries with us (laughs) that's right he has some good boundaries and some good buys with us um what is it lisa about healthy relationship i feel like it is a conversation everybody is wanting to have right now is Mm. how do i do relationship not only how am I good for them, but I keep hearing this like, how am I good for them? How do I make sure I'm healthy and be in a healthy relationship? Well, it is so important that we analyze how healthy we are because healthy will attract healthy. Uh-huh. Unhealthy attracts unhealthy. Yep. And relationships are really wonderful until yeah. they are not. Yeah. And so I think boundaries 
I think especially in the Christian community, boundaries, it's something that people don't really have biblical confidence around. And I sense always this hesitation when I bring it up in church circles. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, oh, boundaries? Like, is that biblical? Yeah. It kind of feels unkind, maybe unchristian. Yes, yeah, unchristian. That's how mm-hmm. it feels sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where did we get that? <laughs> Well, I think we have a misunderstanding of a lot of important scriptures. For example, Jesus laid down his life. He calls us to lay down our life for our friends, right? But we have to remember Jesus laid down his life for a high and holy purpose, not Mm. to enable bad behavior to continue. Oh, that's exactly right. And I think we confuse the good command to love with the bad behavior of enabling. Mm. And often, I mean, talk about this for a second, this... Jesus left and went away to be alone and to be with his closest friends while people still needed him. And I don't know that Southern women know how to do that. Maybe there's other Christian groups that don't know how to do that, but I don't know if Southern Christian women know how to walk away when someone expresses they are needed. Yeah. I think too many of us see someone else's emergency as our responsibility. And think about the pressure that surely Jesus would have been under. I mean, his task saved the entire world. Yes. Right? (laughs) For all eternity to come. And yet we do see Jesus walking, not running, walking. His pace of life was magnificent. He saw crowds, but he saw individuals. And he knew that he needed to break away and have solitude and sit in the silence and sit in prayer. Mm -hmm. And if Jesus, who was tasked to be the Savior of the world, can do that, why would we not also take cues from him and realize that saying no is sometimes our most positive answer? Right. I mean, there's a part in the book where you had where you said yes to something and had to go back and say no. Will so you tell painful. that story? <laughs> so painful. Annie, this story didn't just happen once in my life, my uh, goodness. Right. It's like, oh, tragedy, right? Yeah. yeah. So many times my heart just runs ahead of what my capacity actually is. Yeah. And it's painful when you want so desperately to please someone. And yes, I am a people pleaser. I will admit that. Isn't everybody kind of? Yeah, you know, I think so. Yeah. I really do. But here's what I've been learning. I don't try to please people just to keep them happy. Mm. I try to keep them happy because I don't want them to take from me what they are giving to me that I feel I must have. Oh, they're filling up your bucket. Yes. And yeah. And sometimes yeah, that's it. You're the right. pain of drawing a boundary, when I think about and compare it to the pain of potentially them either walking away from me or being disappointed in me or, you know, them going dark or quiet on me, you know, all of that. When the pain of them possibly walking away is greater than the pain of not having a boundary, I found myself often choosing not having the boundary. For sure. Me too. Me too. But I've had to do a lot of work around this because I would never have said that I'm a controlling person. I'm a very laid back person. However, that was a form of control for me to try to keep other people happy so they would do what I needed them to do or so that they wouldn't take from me what I felt I must have from them in order to be okay in this world. Mm. 
painful, right? Yes. Yes. And we are not called to control other people. We are called to remain self-controlled. Mm. And every time I start sacrificing boundaries, I realize I'm giving away my ability to sit to stay self-controlled because I'm extending myself past my reasonable capacity. Do you ever feel it before you hit it? Do you ever feel like the yellow flag before the red flag? I do feel the yellow flag, but here's another one of my issues, Annie. A flag has to literally be burning to the ground before I <laughs> tilt my head and go, huh, that was kind of red, wasn't it? Right. So I need to start right. recognizing red flags right. and then ease my way into potentially seeing yellow flags. Okay. Yeah. Or I need to have you on speed dial. <laughs> no, I'll tell you my thing with yellow flags. I go, that is a yellow flag. I wonder what that's talking about. And then I pick up the pace. That's my problem is that I see it. And then when I hit the red flag, I go, hey, you know what? I bet that's what that yellow flag was about. Mm. And I just didn't ask enough questions. And um, I think sometimes we see yellow flags as, don't you dare hold me back. Yes. And we see them as restrictive when, in essence, I think sometimes we become aware of them because God's trying to be protective mm. over mm-hmm. us. And we do speed past them. Yeah. So let me prove to you, Annie, something. Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Can we flip the interview for a minute? Yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. But. Okay. <laughs> Therapy with Annie right. and Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Annie, I'm going to prove to you, you are already really good at boundaries. Okay. Are you ready for yeah. this? Um, do you have a bank account? I do. Do you have limited funds in your bank account? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> do you have responsibilities to pay certain bills out yes. of those limited funds? Yes. Do you have a security code on your bank account? Mm-hmm. Is that because you're unchristian and selfish? Mm, nope. Nope. It's because I have to have that to do what I'm... Oh, look at you. Yeah. So you have a security code because why? Why would you have a security code? Like today, if I said, okay, Annie, right now, give everyone your bank account information Mm -hmm. and the passcode so they could have free access to your bank account. Would you do that? No. You can't. Why? Why would you not do that? Because I already have responsibilities to those resources. And you don't know if every listener would be responsible to have that kind of access to your bank account, right? We know this with our finances. Mm. We forget this with other places where we give people relational access. Okay, so is it different married versus single? As in, are there more responsibilities to go beyond your boundaries in marriage or to let your boundaries be pushed because you're supposed to serve the person you're living with versus me who sometimes I get my boundaries pushed because I want to feel loved? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's do another therapy with Lisa <laughs> and Annie. <laughs> I like the theme song you've written. <laughs> okay. So it is always going to be challenging, more challenging, to draw boundaries with someone who has a title in your life. Interesting. So here's a good exercise. Mm -hmm. Temporarily remove the title from them Yep. because it's going to complicate things. They're your husband. They're your boyfriend. They're your mother. They're your sister. They're your best friend. Mm -hmm. They're your adult child, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And so remove the title, set it on a box on a shelf, and then look at the chaos in that relationship because where there's chaos there's a lack of a boundary yep assess what the boundary would be needed what boundaries needed in that relationship to draw it back toward the direction of being healthy mm. then once you have established some good boundary ideas yep then you take the title of that person, you put it back, and you remember there are certain responsibilities 
that you have because that person holds that title. But at least you're not tilting your head going, yeah, but it's my mother. I can never draw boundaries. Yeah. So you yeah. become aware of the boundaries and you respect her position in your life. But you don't wow. take the position in her life and make it an excuse for no boundaries. Yeah, because that's the I, I just had a conversation like this about friends where I said, remove that this man exists and let's we, we need to make some decisions. We need to set some boundaries, but we need to do it like this man doesn't exist. Yes. And then we will bring him back in. Yes. And then see if I mean, we did that, but not I didn't make it. I didn't draw the conclusion like you just taught me to draw the conclusion that that could do with anybody. But because think about it. With strangers, we have no problems drawing boundaries. Certainly. Right? Yes. And if you do have a problem drawing boundaries with strangers, I bet you're better at it than what you're giving yourself credit for. Sure. You know? Yes. And we know this is this is my space. This mm-hmm. is, These are my parameters, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we kind of know the unspoken rules between us and a stranger. Mm-hmm. But the closer we get and the more feelings are involved, feelings start to confuse things. And That is the truth. Yeah. And so I think it's important to, as early as possible, think through what are reasonable boundaries inside each of your particular Mm -hmm. relationships. Mm -hmm. And healthy people appreciate healthy boundaries. Unhealthy people have never met a boundary that they actually like. Yeah. Oh, when Jim said that, he I says, listen, the people who dislike your boundaries are the ones who get to cross them. Hello, Jim Crest. And I was like, Jim, that is rough, but you are right. And the reverse is true. The pe- the boundaries I get annoyed at in my friends and relationships are the ones that I like to push up against. I know. So... Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our amazing partners, Thrive Market. Y'all, I want to tell you how I define a good shopping experience besides it being on my couch. It's affordable. Like, I save money to get to spend on more fun things. It's efficient, as in I find everything I need in one place, and it's high quality, so I'm not going to wish I was somewhere else. So the bonus is when I can do it from my couch. Finding all of these things is almost unheard of in today's world, but thanks to Thrive Market, I stress less because I get everything I need in one place, plus savings are guaranteed on every order. Shopping with Thrive Market means you'll find everything from healthy pantry essentials to sustainable meat and seafood to non-toxic cleaning and beauty products, and it's all delivered right to your door. In fact, I'm working on building my Thrive Market order to order from my couch tonight today. (laughs) When you buy from Thrive Market, you can get 30% off the best organic groceries and always get the lowest price with their price match guarantee. Chomps, snack sticks, love them. Nut pod creamer for my tea. Mrs. Meyers dish soap. All of my favorites are in one place. And I absolutely love how easy it is to use their website and their app, you guys. So if you're looking for low sugar, no problem. Gluten-free, they've got it. BIPOC-owned brands, yes, zero waste, easy peasy. Filter by 90 plus values and lifestyles to find what matters most to you. If you're gearing up for all these holiday festivities that are coming, Thrive Market is your stress-free solution. Order from home in your soft pants and skip the grocery lines and crowded parking lots. Their fast and free carbon-neutral shipping gets your order to you in no time. I like to make sure I always have some Siete chips and dip stowed away in case I need to bring something to a holiday get-together last minute. And best of all, when you join Thrive Market, you're joining a community of 1 million-plus members and sponsoring a family in need. Get convenient, high-quality, affordable groceries 
delivered with Thrive Market. Join Thrive Market today and get 30%, you guys, 3-0 off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E-Market.com slash That Sounds Fun for 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. T-H-R-I-V-E-Market.com slash That Sounds Fun. And I got to tell you about another one of our incredible partners, Shopify. Okay, so I love how at the open mic nights at Zany's, which is our comedy club here in Nashville, there's a chance for anybody to get up and try out material they've been working on, especially on Monday nights. And that's what Shopify does for all of us small business owners. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether your thing is selling your cross-stitch creations, I'm interested, or getting your t-shirt designs out into the world, start selling with Shopify and join the platform that's simplifying commerce for millions of your favorite business worldwide. With Shopify, you'll create an online store that fits your vibe and discover new customers and grow a following that keeps coming back. Shopify has all the sales channels sorted, so your business keeps growing from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free libraries full of educational content, Shopify's got you every step of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify, and you will too. When I started writing books, and even when we started this podcast, I had no idea that I'd one day be able to sell things like our Yes And journal or the Let's Read the Gospel Plan download. So I'm incredibly grateful for how Shopify helps us do those things. When you're ready to launch your thing into the spotlight, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform backing millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Go on, try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. This is Possibility powered by Shopify. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash sounds fun all lowercase go to shopify.com slash sounds fun to start selling online today shopify.com slash sounds fun and now back to our conversation with lisa Turkers. you have a quote in here boundaries aren't going to fix the other person but they're going to help you stay fixed on what is good what is acceptable and what you need to stay healthy and safe mm. i think often we think boundaries are going to fix that person. Yeah, fix their issues or control their behavior. Yeah, it's so, a, and it's a control thing. Listen, we could do an entire series on control. Mm-hmm. For sure me. could. Okay, so let's say today, Annie, you had a cardiac event. And because I adore you, love you, I'm a good friend, and I'm right here with you, mm-hmm. of course, no matter if it extends me past my limitations or not, of course, I'm going to run over to you. And using external pressure, I'm going to keep your heart pumping until the professionals can come. And when the professionals come, they are going to keep your heart pumping. Mm -hmm. But at some point, if your heart doesn't quicken and start beating on its own, external pressure is an unsustainable force on your heart because it wow. has to come from within you, right? Right. Never have you seen two friends walking around a mall, one doing chest compressions on the other that's and thought, right. wow, that's a healthy relationship. <laughs> that's that, right. That's sustainable. That's right. You know? And so I think we have to think about this, that if the other person is unwilling or incapable of change. Mm -hmm. We have to accept that and stop trying to put boundaries on them to Mm. force them using external pressure to change. External pressure on another person can create behavior modification, but it will not be sustainable. Again, Jim Kress will say (laughs) that temporary behavior modification is like pushing a beach ball under the water Mm -hmm. when that pressure is 
removed and you stop holding the other person inside that behavior, you remove your hands and that beach ball is not just going to float to the surface. It's going to explode to the surface and cause more chaos than what it would if it was just sitting on top of the water. And I think we need to remember this. So if we don't put boundaries on another person to control them or fix them, what do we do? We establish boundaries around ourselves in that dynamic because the point is to create safety for ourselves, to create sanity or reclaim our sanity, but also to remain self-controlled so that we can love others without losing the best of who we are. So again, let's say we've given level 10 access to someone, Mm -hmm. but they only bring level three responsibility. We can't force them to lift up their responsibility. We can ask them, but if they are unwilling or incapable, we put a boundary around ourselves, and we reduce the access yes. that we grant them down to their level of demonstrated responsibility. Yeah. I mean, it's why that Bonnie Raitt song, I Can't Make You Love Me If You Don't. Mm. So that's why everybody understands I can't that song. You love me. Right. I'm not going <laughs> to sing it. I'm a, I'm a writer, not a singer. Same. What, ju- what just happened? Same. It was good. Thank you for that. That, that sounds fun. you've never done on another show. We got it. <laughs> it we got sounds fun, but it does not sound good. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's why that song resonates because we go, we understand the beach ball is going to come up. Mm-hmm. We cannot make someone love us. That's right. We just can't. You can, you can invite them to, you can love them, but we can't make someone, even if that's the boundary, I'm going to draw a fence around you that makes you love me. Mm-hmm. I, that's a beach ball that's going to come up. It's especially important to remember around addictions. You know, uh, so, you know, sometimes relationships are difficult and sometimes they become destructive. Yes. And addictions in a relationship are really challenging. I mean, excruciatingly challenging. Oh, gosh. And you so desperately want to fix this other person because you know that sometimes the consequences of their choices are not just going to affect them. They're going to land over in right. and on us, Shrapnel too. Shrapnel on right? everybody. Yeah. And so we may suffer the consequences of choices we didn't make. Yeah. And so there's a lot of pressure to try to fix the other person, to try to rescue the other person, to try to save the other person. Because you also know who they are when there's not an addiction. Right. So there's also like, if I can just get this jacket off of them, mm-hmm. they will be fine. That's right. But yeah. here's what happens. That person is, in essence, climbing up on a set of train tracks, and the locomotive is barreling toward them. Yeah. And you can run up and pull them off the tracks, but then if they keep crawling back on the tracks and you keep running up to pull them off the tracks, eventually that locomotive is going to run over you both. Right. So we but some have people to, are willing to do that. Some people are willing to be run over. That's right. Because because they love, because they're unhealthy, and or because they think that's what Jesus would want us to do, and it's not. We cannot confuse the good command to love with the bad behavior of enabling. Yes. That is a brutal sentence, but you are right. <laughs> you are right. And so what what does it look like when they're up on the train tracks? You're just yelling at them from down below? Well, of course, our natural instinct is to run up there and pull them off yeah. the tracks. And our natural instinct is to say, don't you see the locomotive? Yeah. But if they are unwilling or incapable of seeing Or maybe they see the locomotive, but Mm -hmm. they will not acknowledge that the locomotive, if it runs them over, will kill them. At some point, we have to recognize we can be their friend. We can be their mother. We can be 
their wife. We can be their best friend. We can be their daughter. But we cannot be their savior. And that is a brutal fact. And, you know, Annie, I wrestled so much when I was facing the death of my marriage. And this is this is what I call a divorce. It really is the death of a marriage. Yeah. When I was facing that, I wrestled so much that I didn't want to be the one to walk away. And I stayed and stayed and tried and tried and stayed and stayed and stayed and tried and tried and tried. And, tried. and I think there were noble reasons for that. I even think there were godly reasons for that. But I also think there were some very unhealthy mm. patterns in me, some unhealth in that as well. And so one day I was spending time with the Lord, and this statement popped in my head. And I don't want to say that God said it to me, but I do think it was revealed to me yeah. from the Lord. Lisa, you are not walking away you are accepting reality. Wow. And, you know, again, Jim Crest says, mental health is a commitment to reality yes. at all costs. I marked that in the book, at all costs. He is, I've heard him say that, but yeah, for our friends who already have the book, it's page 178. Mental health is a commitment to reality at all costs. That is so painful. It is painful. All of this is painful. Yeah. You know, I we treasure our relationships, and our relationships should meet our needs, and we meet their needs. But our relationships should never get to the point where we don't just want something from another person. We demand it from mm-hmm. another person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's very hard for us sometimes to recognize what we are contributing right. because we get used to our own dysfunctions. <laughs> And that's so challenging. Yes, yes. And it takes sometimes someone from the outside to gently point it out. That's why in Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, it was so important for me to start the book off letting people know I understand. Because I definitely feel like the reader of this book, it's crucial that when they open up the book, that they are understood before they are taught. Yeah, because... The reason they're hurting at the start of this book is they don't feel understood. Right. Yeah. And they don't feel listened to. Yeah. Because they're like, I'm just trying to help. Why does no one understand? Why is everyone trying to make me do this differently? Right. I think I'm doing the right thing for the person that I love. Right. I I have literally said this out of my my mouth. I am not trying to control you or manipulate you. I'm just trying to save your dang life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Don't you see what I see? Right. Right. Um, But... You know, that that is an unsustainable dynamic in a relationship for one person to think that they're the savior. And also, when I think that I'm the savior, I I refuse to remove my hands from the situation. And the only way that they can really experience the redemption of the savior, the only fighting chance they have is for me to take my hands off and let them experience whatever they need to experience so that they come to the realization themselves Mm. that they need a savior, but it's not you. It's Jesus. Right. What about our friends who are listening that are the person in addiction, Mm. right? There are there is no question to me that people are listening that are going, yeah, people are drawing boundaries on me. Mm-hmm. People are, I can feel people pulling away. 
I we've had the hard conversations and they've left. I've gotten the goodbyes. Mm-hmm. What do you say to the person in addiction who's picking up this book and going like, oh, I'm the one that people are having to draw boundaries around? Mm. Well, I would say two things. One is we anybody who is in the addictive cycle or who has a propensity for addictions, mm-hmm. they are either in relapse or recovery. There really always. is always there yeah. is no middle ground. And I would also say there's a big difference between a mistake and a pattern. Mm-hmm. Everybody makes mistakes. Yes. Everybody makes mistakes. But we must recognize when a pattern starts to happen where we are resisting acknowledging that the behavior is an addiction and we're living in denial and other people are pointing it out, people who love us, Mm -hmm. who treasure us, who want something more for us. Mm -hmm. And when we refuse to acknowledge the pattern, then it almost becomes, Jim explained it to me this way, is the people who are trying to speak life into the addict, the addiction is a pillow between the two faces. And at some point, the addiction is so driving the other person, it's so driving their bus, that you are speaking to the addiction and you're never, ever able to actually speak to the person. And the addiction driving the bus, the addiction Mm -hmm. wants to stay in place at all costs. Yes, yes. And uh, I mean, professional help. Absolutely. I think is for all of us, no matter where you are. I mean, I, you and I both, Jim and other therapists, like I have found, I, I, I hear sometimes on the internet a conversation around self-help being destructive mm-hmm. in Christianity and for faith people. Mm-hmm. So how do we encourage working on yourself without erring on the side of self-help that a lot of people feel is very self-centered? Well, you know what's really interesting? Jim Cress and Dr. Joel Mutamale and I, we do the podcast Therapy and Theology. And <laughs> Jim has so clearly pointed out that therapeutic principles didn't just start in the world of psychology. Yes. It started in the world of theology. Yes, you write. Yes, keep talking. I'm going to find the page. And I think it's really important that we not take biblical principles and assign human reasoning to Mm. them unless we really take the time to dig underneath and really excavate what that verse actually means. Let me give you an example of that. Malachi Mm 2.16. Malachi 2.16, people quote it all the time, God hates divorce. That version of that verse didn't appear until the King James Version of the Bible. In the original language, that verse actually says, when a man hates and divorces his wife, he does violence against the one he should protect. (gasps) That is a very different thing than the translation we get. Huge. And so some Bible translations say what I just said. And then there's a little footnote, God hates divorce. And other translations say God hates divorce with a little footnote with the original meaning of that verse. But do you see the difference there? And do you see how important it is to actually understand that biblical principles speak into not just our spiritual health, but our emotional health? And what we call therapy now really is originating in 
the desire that God has for us to be emotionally healthy too. Yes. Well, that's what in the book you write about First Peter five eight. Be sober minded. Be watchful. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll let people read it for themselves. But one of the sentences is. Emotional maturity can also be seen as emotional sobriety in connection with that verse. Exactly. And I thought, oh, that that sober-mindedness and being watchful, they both, you say it, both words, sober and watchful, warn of losing control. That's right. And it's losing self-control. That's right. That's the problem. Yeah. And self-control is one of the evidences that we have the Holy Spirit working mm-hmm. in us, through mm-hmm. us, around us, right? Yeah. And we cannot control another person. And sometimes we put so much effort on controlling another person, we lose all our self-control. Yeah. Yeah. We get worn down, worn out, and just frazzled and frayed and fractured mm-hmm. because we're trying to do something that is not possible. We cannot change another person. We cannot control another person. We must recognize that in order to love that person well and in order to love all the other people in our life well, we cannot lose the best of who we are. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about another amazing partner, Nutrafol. Ever look at the amount of hair on the bathroom floor after you're done doing your hair for the day and wonder how there is any left on your head? I know. Here's the thing. 30 million women are impacted by weak understanding hair. And if that's you, you are not alone. There's a solution you can trust to deliver results. Millions of Americans experience thinning hair. It's more than common. It's normal. But we don't talk about it super openly, right? Especially women. Going through it can feel lonely and frustrating. It's time to change the conversation and join the thousands of women who are standing up for their strands with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. By targeting the five root causes of thinning, stress, yes, hormones, environment, uh uh-huh, nutrition, and metabolism, things that affect all of us, Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within through whole body health. Nutrafol has three unique formulas to support women throughout all stages of life, including postpartum and menopause. Each formula is physician-formulated using natural, drug-free, medical-grade ingredients in consistently effective dosages so you get the most reliable results. So like 3,000-plus top doctors and stylists recommend Nutrafol, you guys. It's an effective, high-quality solution for healthier hair, and it works. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after just six months. You can grow thicker, healthier hair, and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code that sounds fun to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, you guys, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus free shipping on every order. So get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, and the promo code is that sounds fun. And I want to tell you about one more incredible partner, The Chosen. The Chosen is a series of shows based on the Gospels that I love, and it's an incredible visual retelling of the stories of Jesus's life. I love it so much that I dressed up as Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus in the series for our little office Halloween costume contest. And yes, I won. There are already two seasons available of The Chosen, so that's my recommendation for your evening viewing this week. You want to catch up on those first two seasons because The Chosen Season 3 is hitting theaters November 18th. 
Awards. That's this Friday. Our team is all going. Have you got your tickets yet? The theme of season three is all about how Jesus gives rest. See, it picks up right where season two left off, and we see Jesus deliver the Sermon on the Mount and then see how things unfold after that. The people who are following him become more devoted, while the ones who oppose Jesus get more passionate too. In the midst of all this craziness, though, Jesus brings rest. Episodes one and two of season three will begin in theaters starting November 18th, and episodes will start releasing for free in the Chosen app before Christmas. For more information, visit thechosentickets.com. Again, mark your calendars for November 18th and visit thechosentickets.com for all the info. And if you miss any of our partners' URLs, that's okay. We got you. Listen, we put them all in the show notes below. Links to our sponsors, the transcript of the show, and you can sign up for the AFD Week in Review and other resources we talk about in the show. It's all there in the show notes below. And now let's go back and finish up our conversation with Lisa. Talking about these scriptures, a question I have when you say, well, the original verse said this whole other thing. That's also how we have people who love God coming on two different sides of really big theological issues because the original said fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. How do we know how to study that? Like, how do we know? Because we need to we need to fall in biblical line with the truth of a lot of hot button issues. That's right. Well, in Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, this is why I did this. There yeah. is a whole section in yes. the back of the book where it lists verses that have been weaponized against people, well-meaning yes. people who try to draw boundaries. Yep. And so we did the deep theological work for you. Yeah. We list out the verse that's often misunderstood and weaponized. Yep. We put what the verse actually means. Yes. And then we give you a script to use Beautiful. if someone weaponizes that verse because mm-hmm. they misunderstand it or mm-hmm. misinterpret it. We give you a script of what you can lovingly say to them that correctly interprets the verse. Yes, that is very helpful. And I, I think the if I'm hearing you correctly, the other thing we can do is there are resources like theology and therapy and these yes. resources that go like, Here's we can talk about this ad nauseum about scriptures like this. Exactly. And, you know, Annie, I have this drum that I just really want to beat for a second. And that is God hand designed our mind Mm -hmm. to be perfectly capable of getting into his word. Wow. Yeah. So if God wrote the word and. God designed us to get into the Word and let the Word get into us, then don't you think He designed our mind to be capable of understanding the depth of His Word? But so many of us say, well, I don't have the theological chops for that. Well, you know what? Ask God. Yes. Help me see. Help me know. Help connect me with a person that can help me see and help me know. Mm -hmm. But don't give up. I believe, just like what the enemy said to Eve in the garden, did God really say? All right. He was making her question God's word. And I believe the great lie of the enemy right now today is two lies. Did God really say? Mm -hmm. In other words, God's word is too difficult to live out and too impossible to understand. Wow. Yeah, that's – I mean, that is – when I am talking to friends about theological things they're wrestling with, it always comes down. But did God really say? Mm-hmm. I mean, it is it is that sentence. It's in me, too, of like, is that really what that says? Is that really what 
it means to follow Jesus. And at the same time, we remember Jesus brought grace and truth. And yeah. so many times those two words, when when you see Jesus, it's the it's the perfect marrying yeah. of grace and truth, grace and truth. Yeah. It's the grace that draws people close. It's the truth that sets them free. Yes. And we don't mean Jesus from the chosen because he was in Northern Ireland when we were there. <laughs> so we Jesus was not even there when we were there. Yeah, that's really good, Lisa. That's the, I think the path is so challenging when we're trying to do healthy relationship because we want to be godly about it and we need to draw boundaries. And if you don't get the godly part in line, you don't know how to draw the boundaries. That's right. And my prayer for good boundaries and goodbyes is that people will have the emotional fortitude yeah. And feel empowered yes. to draw good, healthy boundaries, but also to have the biblical confidence Yes, that boundaries are not just a good idea. They really are God's idea. God's idea, right. And right from Genesis 1, we see God establishing the foundation of the world mm-hmm. using boundaries. Mm-hmm. And in that first recorded conversation between God and man, Of all the topics God could have chosen to be the subject of that first recorded conversation, God chose a boundary conversation. What is it? Remind me. God said, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil Mm. or you will die. Mm -hmm. And do you see what God did there? He established that this boundary is for the sake of freedom. In order to have real freedom, we have to know where the boundary lines are. And only then can we run free within the safety of those boundary lines. So God says, boundaries, you are free. And they're not overly restrictive. Mm -hmm. God said, you're free to eat from all these trees. I'm not withholding from you. But I am going to restrict this one because I want to protect you. And that really gets us to the essence of a boundary. Boundaries help us avoid extremes Mm. from being so worn down and worn out by giving everything that we just crumble in the relationship to the extreme of I can't take it anymore and I'm walking away from this relationship. Boundaries help us avoid extremes and bring us back to the middle where we can find health in our relationships. Yes. And in this, I'm going to read you a quote of yourself again. Relationships often die not because of conversations that were had, but rather conversations that were needed but never had. Yes. I mean, I, how different would the story of Adam and Eve and God be if God would not have told him that Adam's life was on the line if he went to that one tree? That's right. Right? He didn't make the right choice. He and Eve didn't make the right choice. But how different would it have been if they wouldn't have known? Mm. And I, don't, I can't imagine what the human-God relationship would have been like. If the story we were sitting here saying is, but God never even told them, Lisa. Right. Gosh, but he did. He did. Yeah. He really did. And here's one other interesting fact around this is notice in Genesis 2, there's one rule, one boundary. Mm -hmm. But when Genesis 3 happens and sin enters in, sin and chaos hold hands. Yeah. And they are sent out of the garden and more sins happen and more chaos happen and more boundaries are established. And we go from Genesis 2, there being one boundary, to the law and the prophets. There are over 600 boundaries, <laughs> right, right? right? God takes boundaries very seriously. Yeah. And so should we. If we're getting started in this, if this is new, we, we're getting our copy of Good Boundaries and Goodbyes. We are new to the conversation of 
or maybe we're not, but we're like aware that it's time to think about boundaries. What's that first step? Well, the first step is to identify the chaos in one of our relationships. Don't try to tackle them all. Pick one. Pick one. Pick <laughs> one brutal. relationship where there's emotional chaos or where you are starting to find mm. yourself avoiding that person or where you're giving in to their request and you know you don't have it to give and you keep saying yes and simmering resentments are starting to happen. Yeah. Identify that one place mm-hmm. and recognize we're going to take steps, not leaps. Yep. But that's where you need to start. And remember, you're not going to put the boundary on the other person. You're going to put the boundary on yourself. And that may mean that when this behavior happens, let's say this is one of the dynamics. Mm-hmm. Let's say we're at the Thanksgiving dinner, oh, right? Here it comes, yep. And Uncle Jim always brings up polarizing, controversial political issues. So you can have a conversation with Uncle Jim beforehand and say, Uncle Jim, I will not stay at the dinner table if those topics get off because I do not have that to give. I'm not going to control you. I'm not going to manipulate you. I am informing you that you can do whatever you want. But if that happens, I will remove myself Mm -hmm. because it's something I can't handle right now. I yeah. don't have the emotional capacity for that. Yeah. And then he has a choice. Yes. And so do you. Yes. Adults inform. Children, Children explain. explain. <laughs> I loved I loved reading that. It was one of my favorite gems. That, well, I have to say, I do that a lot because my inclination is to explain to everyone why I'm doing everything. Right. Because I, because I feel preemptively judged as a leader in a lot of ways. I do too, Annie. I'm still working on this. Maybe yeah. we need to just like dial a friend in. Therapy I can, with Aunt Lisa and Annie. Therapy with Lisa and Annie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so I, I have to work a lot on Jim's teaching of adults just inform. They just tell you how it's going to be. That's right. That boundary, that example of Thanksgiving is so beautiful because you're not actually saying anything about Uncle Jim. No. You're saying, here's what I am going to do, and you can still do whatever's right for you. Exactly. And isn't it beautiful that you're not sitting at that Thanksgiving table listening to Uncle Jim, Mm. just feeling angrier and angrier and more frustrated and potentially exploding. And now you're the problem at the Thanksgiving table. Yeah, because that's the story people remember is the one who threw the potatoes. And so you realize you're empowered. You're not paralyzed. You're empowered. You can stand up and remove yourself. You don't have to make a scene. Yeah. And you can hold yourself together Mm -hmm. because that's what we really want, right? Self-control. That's right. In the long run, good boundaries and goodbyes is a fruit of the spirit conversation. It really is. That is fascinating. I didn't realize that, that so much of setting good boundaries and saying goodbye well is proof of self-control in your life. That's right. And the other fruits of the spirit, too. Yeah. You know, I made a list one time. This is who Lisa is. In my best form, I am kind. Mm-hmm. I am generous. I am yeah. long-suffering. I am self-controlled. Yeah. And then I made a list. When I get pushed past my limitations, this is who Lisa becomes. Mm. She becomes selfish. Yeah. She becomes withdrawn. She becomes angry. She becomes so frazzled that she might freak out, right? Yep. And when I think about loving other people, which is a command by God, and that is the foundation of good boundaries are for the purpose of loving people, 
I want the best of who I am, the generous, kind, self-controlled Lisa. I want that to be what people interact with. And I want to love others well from that process. And so that's why the subtitle of Good Boundaries and Goodbyes is what it is, loving others without losing the best of who you are. Yeah, that's good. All right, what did we not say that we need to say? I will say this. I don't do this perfectly, and neither will you. Yeah. But I can tell you, better boundaries lead to better relationships. Yeah. A thing Jim taught me as well was, you said a version of this, but water finds water that's the same level. Yeah, water seeks its own level. Yes. And so that's why floods happen the way they do. That's why the bathtub goes the way it goes, is that water is always seeking to find water at its own level. And so it has been a... um, a gift to me for Jim to teach me that. And it's been interesting to watch who's come into my life the more I've pursued emotional health and who has left. That's right. Remember, healthy attracts healthy. Yeah. Unhealthy attracts unhealthy. Water seeks its own level. Yes. So, oh, Lisa, I love you. Thank you for doing this book for us. It is so helpful. Mm. It is so helpful and so needed. Okay, the last question we always ask, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, Lisa Turkhurst, you've answered this before, but what is the answer today? What sounds fun to you? What sounds fun to me right now Uh is for me to own my own life and submit to Jesus, Yeah, but walk in the beauty I own, walk in the confidence I own, walk in the acceptance I own, not because I'm terrific, but because Jesus has already accepted me. Jesus has made me beautiful. Jesus has made me who I am, and I need to step into that, own it, and have fun. Also, I just, for the first time, decided to jump in the ocean and ride a boogie board. (gasps) Did you? (laughs) Was it awesome? You know what? I didn't get eaten by a shark. No. I didn't get stung by a jellyfish, and I loved it. Is it is the boogie board the one you throw on the ground and jump on, right? The boogie board is okay. the one that you put out in the waves. You put out in the waves. Yeah. You can throw it on the ground. Our producer Craig's just nodding along. He's like, Annie, don't you know what a boogie board yeah, is? Yes, you can. You, yeah. I, but that might be more like a skinny skim yeah, board yeah, or that something. Yeah, that seems hard, yeah. But I'm telling you, with my friend Jess... She was like, come on, let's go in the uh-huh, ocean. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't do oceans. <laughs> and anytime now I'm starting to hear uh-huh. I can't or I don't, yep. that's a trigger for me. It's yep. time for some fun. Wow. Okay. I love that. Yes. Okay. Boogie boards. That's a great answer. I feel like we should make a poster with everybody's answers because the answers are just wild. Boogie boarding and owning your life. Make sure you add the boarding part. Yeah. Not yeah. just that the Lisa boogie. says she loves the boogie. Okay. TBD, Lisa. I can't make you any promises. <laughs> oh, I love you. Thanks for doing this. Y'all, isn't she the best? Ugh, I love her. I love her. I love her. She's amazing. Hey, grab a copy of Good Boundaries and Goodbyes. And be sure to follow Lisa on social media if you aren't already. Tell her thanks so much for being on the show. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. And I will do the same. And today, what sounds fun to me... What does sound fun to me? Well, we are recording this a couple of days before you hear it. And the Country Music Awards are on TV tonight. And I cannot wait to watch. I love award shows so much. I can't wait to watch tonight. So y'all have a great day. Happy Monday. We'll see you back here on Thursday with another one of our favorites, Pastor Louis Giglio. We'll see y'all then.